So I have a question. How are small business owners like us, who are spending 60 plus hours a week working in our businesses and are still struggling to make ends meet, who have no time to spend with family, friends, or the things we value most in life, who feel trapped inside of our businesses and it is consuming our lives? How do we get the freedom to be able to work on our businesses and not in them? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answer. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. What's up, everyone? Welcome to today's podcast. My name is John Nichols, and this is Expansion Code Radio. Today, we have a pretty cool guest. His name is Dr. Travis Fox. Travis, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate being here, man. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Oh, yeah. We always try to have a little bit of fun on my podcast. So uh, why don't you give our <laughs> listeners just a little bit of background about yourself, man, and uh, and we'll kind of get into it. Well, if we're going to have fun, John, I'm on the wrong podcast. We're not allowed to have fun because, you know, we have to be adults. We have to be professional and <laughs> all that other stuff. So uh, uh, you picked the right guest because uh, well, I'm all about I'm all about fun. Uh, if it isn't fun, we don't do it. Uh, they, I'll, I'll kind of go but, give you the snapshot of, uh, of my, well, my background. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on just a second before you get started, though. I'll tell you something funny. So in my inside my organization, whenever I go to visit a couple in my UPS stores or whatever, uh, I'm mm-hmm. known as Fun John because I show up because I don't do any of the firing, any of that kind of stuff in my organization. I do other things. So I show up. I'm the fun one. And then, of course, when my, so me and my wife are business partners, and when my wife shows up, uh, she is the one that people have to worry about. And so, so it's just kind of <laughs> funny. So I'm the uh, so I'm Fun John. So yeah, so it's just kind of funny that way. So go oh, so uh, going to tell you, tell my folks about yourself now. Oh, no problem. Um, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, raised for the first four years of my life in Japan, and then did a brief six month stay in Florida, where I was introduced to golf, which you see over my shoulders, one of my one of my books over the years. Long story long. Uh, and then was off to Germany for three and a half years. Came back. Um, just shy of 10 years old. So I spent the first better part of my life outside the United States learning all kinds of different cultures, seeing kinds of different things. And it kind of set me up to be who I am. Mon. And my father was uh, you know, a fighter pilot with multiple master's degrees. My mother was a, a full-time model and actress. Uh, and so if you, I always tell people, if you ever saw the original movie, Top Gun, it didn't quite work out that way. It was like, whew, where did who go? You know, <laughs> they went right by each other. Yeah. That was complete left brain. Mom was complete right brain and there was nothing in the middle except for me. So I ended up becoming, you know, I'm an only child. So it was uh, that kind of weird experience. And golf was the only way my father and I could relate well, after the divorce. Uh, she, they divorced when they were nine and a half or I was nine and a half or only 10. And uh, golf was the only way we could relate, my father and I. And um, the problem was my father, uh, and I don't know if anybody else has ever had this experience, but my father was living vicariously through me and more importantly was a perfectionist, which goes wonderfully with the game of golf because golf is a, such a perfected game. And I say that with <laughs> deep sarcasm, right? And yeah. I was dedicated. I mean, I, you know, I have, I have mild OCD myself. And so I studied the game and wrote papers about it and worked at the pro shop. I did everything. I mean, I lived, eat, breathe, walk, talk to golf until right around, you know, 18 years old and I was getting ready to go to university and my eyes, you know, I'd already been nomadic anyways. I grew up in the entertainment industry. I started modeling when I was, you know, nine and a half years old. And we came back uh, under my mom's direction. And I started working for the agencies. And so I had both. But I started to realize that what I really loved was people, which is interesting because golf doesn't involve people <laughs> until you're on the tour. Oh. And most of the time you're by yourself just talking to a golf ball. And 
long story long, you know, there's this little thing called our subconscious that everyone kind of gets blessed with. And at the time I knew enough about mindset training because of my golf, but I didn't know anything about how we actually work. And my subconscious did a wonderful thing and said, we're, we're not going to do this golf thing because it's about your dad. We're going to go ahead and we're going to make you a first time father because that's going to change your life. And so I became a father at uh, right just a shy of 18 years old. And that did change my life. And from that, I went through a really difficult emotional time because I don't know if you're ever prepared to be a parent, but I sure as hell wasn't prepared to be a parent at that time. And uh, I went through an emotional break. And so I went in as a real estate major and came out in psychology. Go figure. And, you know, my original intention was to fix me, fix my head so I could get back on the PGA Tour. That was the whole reason I went to psychology. I didn't care about anything else. I was a total narcissist when it came to golf. But in that process, I met my mentor and master. And through that, I became acutely aware that my subcon was actually doing me a favor because I didn't really love golf. I like it. And I still play to this day. Um, and I still teach to this day. And I've done my time on tour to this day. And I've, golf has taken me around the world and done amazing things for me, business oriented wise. But playing it as a profession, I didn't love it. And you got to love it. You got to love it to play at the tour. I, I coached, you know, for almost 10 years on tour. So I, I know a little bit about that. And uh, I didn't, my father didn't like that very much <laughs> when I said, Dad, I'm, I don't want to play golf anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into entertainment full time and I want to help people learn how to transform because if I had learned how to transform myself, really understanding how to do it, well, I'm, I probably wouldn't be in the situation I'm in. And, and I think there's a lot of people specifically to golf, but life in general that don't know how to do it. And that became my life's work. And here we are now, now in from the day of this recording, um, I am 21 days away from my 52nd birthday, although I've still probably have the emotional maturity of a 12 year old and I'm okay with that because <laughs> I don't, I don't like adults. Adults freak me out. Um, they make me nervous because they don't know how to have fun, which is why when you said fun, I was like, well, I'm hanging <laughs> with the right guy. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, one of the things that I, we all know is, you know, time flies when you're having fun, but we don't ever really apply that to business. We start with that ideology, but we don't end with it very often. That's why most of us end up failing in business because it's not fun and it can be. So my life's work was how do we transform for real? And that became uh, a term that we use now called architectural psychology, uh, which also subconscious modalities. How do we actually transform ourselves? Because transformation is the key, not mindset training. Your mind's already set, right? And like I, I quote the great Einstein, and that's really kind of the impetus from our work, and I'll, I'll kind of hold there. And that is, you know, that which created the problem can't solve it. So if you start with your mind, having your mind analyze itself, man, you're going to be staring at ceiling fans for 3 a.m. from pretty much most of your life. And it's going to drive you bat nuts crazy. Haven't done it myself. And so my life's work became about how do we create an, ac an actual path? How do we gamify it? How do we make it fun? But how do we also generate results? And so that became what the, now is what you would know is the ultimate business quest. And that's how I arrive on your show, sir. I love that there's a, I love that there's a black cat on Halloween. I mean, you could not write this script any better. That's awesome. <laughs> or it looks black well, the, on my end. Yeah. The, well, the thing is, is that uh, speaking of fun, my, my daughter's cat, Nubbins, doesn't have a tail. Uh, <laughs> Love loves to show up at my podcast and hop on the desk and you know, <laughs> want me to pet her. It's just the crazy. See, so we're gonna have some fun today, man. Well, the cat hey. shows up. It's Halloween, you know. Hey, Halloween, else, you know. Kids and animals, man, can't compete. Yeah, I know. And so, but but it's really interesting that you talk about fun as mm -hmm. a uh, as a piece of all of this. And mm -hmm. the cool thing about that is, is that fun is in our core values as mm -hmm. a as a business. And the thing is, is that I really think that people need to put that into their, yeah. as a core value and incorporate Absolutely. it into 
what they do. Because the thing about it is, is that if your people are having fun, you're having fun. Then the thing is, is that you, you're not creating a workspace. You're creating a tribe environment. You are, right. you, you are creating something. And, and my, my, my definition of tribe is this. You take the best of family, you take the best of team, and you mash them together and you got tribe. That's my simple explanation of that. And sure. Nubbins, you are just loving me today, I tell you. She is just all lonely. Well, not, let me let me echo in in core values. So part of what we also work on in the ultimate business class is we've gamified how you do personality typing. And you can do it, we teach you how to do it in literally two questions. So you're putting people in the right place for their most uh um amplified ability to have fun, but also to perform. Because we're, when we're having fun, we do perform. We're almost automatic. We go back to that subconscious model. Again, we're just in it. We're doing it. We're not thinking through it. We just naturally are thinking and intuitively moving it. All of your uh, your potential is on the table when you're in that space. And I agree with you. So our core values are the same. Trust, loyalty, and communication, fun. And if it's not fun, we won't do it. And we have 75 people in this company. It's a it's company has grown massively and it's continuing to grow every day. But we're adamant about it because one – when I turned 50, John, and I think you, you, know, you might have the same ideology. When I turned 50, I turned to the board and said, that's it. I, I'm on the back nine, kids. We're, we're in the legacy phase of life now. I don't care what you say, but that's where I'm at. I'm in the legacy phase, and I want to have fun doing it with other masters and other kings and queens. And I want to go play this adventure called the Ultimate Business Quest. And let's go create companies for people that can actually enjoy freedom. Because that's the reason we all became entrepreneurs. That's why you and your wife did. That's why mine and I did. We all want freedom. It ain't about the money. It's about what's on the other side of the money, the freedom to travel when we want to, to have a cat on my show, to go mow my lawn at four in the morning because that's interesting to me. Whatever it is, it's about freedom. And so when you really look at that model, freedom has to start with fun. And we are so afraid to put fun into things. And I'm not saying that doesn't, you don't have KPIs and you don't have your unique selling proposition. You don't have models that you need to hit. We do in our company too. And we have 13 divisions in this company. It's a big company compared to Amazon. No, but compared to a lot of companies, we're big, especially for, you know, being as young as we are, we're on our third year. And so when we really look at that, we said, guys, why can't we have fun? Because if you really look at who we are, we spend 17 years of our life, John, mastering imagination and dreaming and achieving called our childhood or our adolescence. And then immediately around 17 or 18 year old, when we graduate high school, we're thrust in this whole concept of, oh, now you got to go be an adult. But we have no idea how to be an adult. So we get indoctrinated into this thing called the school of hard knocks. And for some people, that's a lifelong sentence. They never get out of it. And I think that's the travesty of it because we lose creativity of individuals that are, you know, either categorized or boxed in or bordered in by, by whatever institution said that they are this or that, or some quadratic personality typing model that says you're one of these four things. Well, you're more than one of those four things. In fact, our system, there's over 64 different archetypes that we've developed that we actually did on the front lines. And my partner, Aaron Huey, who is amazing, amazing when it comes to the archetypes was the head of the number one uh, at-risk residential treatment center in America for 10 years, working with at-risk residential youth. So it wasn't working just with the kids, working the whole family. And we found that going from the clinical approach directly and on solistically didn't work. They already knew. These kids already knew. That's why they were cutting and that's why they were bulimic and that's why they were anemic and that's our uh, um, anorexic, excuse me. They already knew what it was. They needed a, a path out of it. And it wasn't going to be through this cognitive clinical model. And what he discovered was when he started applying the archetypes of, you know, like, and we use the four basics in the, in the first part of the first two adventures, and then you advance on, is the warrior, wizard, bard, and jester. 
And so when he said, when he allowed people to understand it, all of a sudden now it demystified it and it made it fun. So now instead of finger pointing and blame, we're finger pointing and understanding. Oh, I get it. You know, John's a wizard warrior. Got it. I know exactly how he's going to work. I know his wife is the super wizard, so you don't want to piss her off. That's for damn sure because she's going to come in and she's going to nail your ass with data. And if you don't listen to what he says, she's going to send the warrior in. That's John. John's going to be like, okay, you're fired. You're moved over here. Da, da, da. But you're working like a team and now you're using these strengths and it's like it's a fun way to play. It's partnership as it's designed, but it's not scary. And man, the results exploded. And then we sat back and said, okay, what is the entrepreneurial journey? And so when you go through the entrepreneur journey, you are gamified. You set up, you know, your avatar, you do your own deal and you go through the maps and you play. And then we took it to that next level. And that was, how do we take that to networking? How do we actually network for real? Because networking should be mining for gold. It shouldn't be staying around the water cooler talking about politics and the lowest common denominator, which is what most networking experiences are. They find the common denominator to get a basic rapport and then we'll exchange cards and we don't really follow up. That's not networking. That's wasting time. What we did is networking is we created an entire world based on the same IP and same ideology that allows you to move through and literally within two questions go, I know exactly what John is in this place, at least how he's showing up at the current moment. How can we network really quick and move? And now I can categorize, I can memorize, I can memorize everybody's name, I can make it down. I don't have the stack of business cards that I don't do anything with. And by the time I do do something with it, it's three or four weeks later and you've lost momentum. So we continue to escalate it. And now, you know, here we are three years later and it's just exploding. I mean, uh, I know that for this month alone, we've already got 20 new, uh, 20,000 new questers on the app alone just for this month. And so it's like, Hey guys, it's time to have fun again, especially after, and I think you, John, and all your listeners will agree after the last couple of years, damn, we need some fun. Cause Whoa, the world just went flat upside down and still hasn't quite recovered, hadn't figured out where it's going. So it's like, Hey, can we come back to connecting? Can we come back to, to, to cohesion? Can we come back to John's got a mastership and I've got a mastership and, you know, find the misfit in you that you stuffed down a long time ago. And that's probably where your mastership lives. But what if we brought that out in a fun way? Cause I'm a big dork. I tell everybody I'm a dork. I admit it. I'm a, I'm a geek dork who loves to be on stage and act like a goofball because it's fun. I've been doing it since I was nine years old. To me, that's home. And yet, you know, often in professional settings, if you crack jokes or whatnot, well, we need to be serious. Why? You can be, I can convey information to you in all kinds of forms of ways. Why can't we have fun doing it? And so the whole concept was, well, what if we did that? But what if John, we took it back to the education system? And that's where we really started applying our pressure and go, we're actually currently going through the accreditation process as we speak right now in multiple places and states to say, Hey, look, this curriculum should be for high schoolers and D1 universities, because this is when we're open. This is when we're staying in entrepreneurialism. Let's make entrepreneurialism, which is what built this country in particular, but you know, capitalism at large built this company was that we were entrepreneurs. We were risk takers. We were visionaries. We were dreamers. Hell, we were rebels. We started this country on rebellion. So our entire thing was, give us our freedom. Well, then let's give them the freedom to go out and chase their dreams instead of saying, hey, you need to go figure this out. You need to find your passion. You need to find your purpose. You need to find your soulmate. Fine, fine, fine. Well, the word find usually implies I got to go find it. But if I don't have a map, well, then I'm, on, I'm like this wandering adventurer as opposed to being consciously focused on exactly what I'm looking for on my quest. And I know exactly the team I want to build. And using your language, if I may, sir, I build a tribe. Well, when you're the tribe, that's a different adventure. It's mm-hmm. fun. You know, everybody has their place. And now, now all of a sudden you respect mastership. And that's really what the, what we've been doing for the last, <laughs> for me, for the last 30 years, but in specific the last three years with Ultimate Business Quest. Yeah. You, you've said a lot of things that's resonated with me. Uh, Thank one you, of sir. the big things is, is that um, <clears throat> my daughter 
has that entrepreneurial spirit and she's 14. Mm. And so, um, so I, so if you're out there listening to me, I will, I will say this. You do not want to have children 11 years apart like I did. All right. Two different marriages, 11 years apart and children. Uh, my oldest son, he's 25 now and he's a uh, software developer. He is doing great at his job. He loves what he does. Um, and then I've got my other son. Um, so I got boy girl twins that are 14. Wow. <clears throat> and it's pretty interesting is that uh, they are night and day. And, and one is very much a introvert. Um, and my daughter is an extrovert. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing that they're twins to be honest, because they are so, so night and day. But, but the weird thing, but what, but what I'm trying to get to my point is this, Travis, mm-hmm. is that you are correct. Our educational system is broken because the thing mm-hmm. about it is, is that every business course I took had none of it has served me except for accounting. Accounting is the only yep. thing that, that serves anybody in business because it lets you be able to dig into your numbers and know what they mean. Data. And besides Very that, simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's basically data mining in your own company and telling you what is what. And that, that, that's it. That, that's one thing accounting is in your yeah. company. I agree 100%. And but I had the same experience. And you and I actually are run a little bit more alike because my, my two boys are 15 years apart, my eldest and my, and my youngest. So my elder yeah. uh, is, went through, the, you know, he's got his master's from USC. He's got his law degree from Georgetown and special tour, you know, special forces kid, four tours. I mean, he's Captain America, right? Yeah. But, even as a barred lawyer, he's like, what I learned in school and what applies in law is two different things. I'm like, yep. And my youngest, who's 20, who's autistic, uh, high functioning, graduated regular high school, but he came out and said, dad, I don't care about any of this crap. I want to be a puppeteer on Sesame Street. I love making shows. And he has his own YouTube channel and he taught himself how to edit and he has all his original puppets. He pays for it and he builds his own show. And his dream is to be a puppeteer. None of either, none of that was at all encouraged during his, his educational process. It was always about, he has to learn reading, writing, the ticket has to sit in his chair. And I'm like, well, if you know anything about autism, that's that, that ain't going to happen. That doesn't make a damn bit of sense. And so for me, it always became the same thing of, well, why aren't we fostering who they are versus who we want them to become? Because yep. they're already masters. In my opinion, we were all masters when we came to this planet, wherever you come from, however, whatever your, you know, your theological belief structure is. I'm not here to tell you to believe that. I just know that there's something bigger going on in planet earth. You can figure that out on your own. You call it whatever you want, but you came in as a master. And then we have been, you know, stuffed into these boxes, suppressed, oppressed, and compressed to fit into some ideology of a workforce system of society. And when Society was built on entrepreneurialism, always has been, has been since the day of visionaries, dreamers. What is the next evolution for us as a species, as a country, as an individual, as a family? And yet that is continually stifled. And that's not a disrespect to our teachers in any way, shape, form. It's a disrespect to the system that is 200 years antiquated and has no clue how to fix itself. And is, as you said so eloquently, too afraid to have fun and understandably so. Some of the situations that our kids go through, John, you and I didn't go through. Our biggest thing was a fist fight, and that lasted about three minutes, maybe. That was on a good day. Half of that was talking smack, and maybe one or two punches were thrown, and that was it. Nowadays, it's insane. And again, I understand that there, there's an assault going on that makes no sense to me. But part of that, too, is we have made schools so unpleasant. Again, I hate to break it to you. If it ain't fun, people aren't going to do it. I don't care if they're an adult or a child, male, female, don't matter. They're not going to do it. 
That's because it becomes like a slave reform mentality or uh, obligation. Now, I'm not saying that reading, writing, and that doesn't have its place. Yes, you need to have the basics to think, but why are we encouraging creativity in today's world? I'm like, your, your, da- your daughter's unbelievable. 14? Oh, man, John, if you and I were 14, holy mackerel, the things we could do now that we didn't have. We didn't have the internet. We had a rotary dial phone. What are you talking about? So to oh, me, yeah. I'm like, let them, get them become entrepreneurs, but teach them how to do it so that they don't just make money and blow it. Like all these Instagram and, you know, TikTok and all these people that are, that aren't real business people. They're just, they made a lot of money, don't know how to keep it, but give them the real business skills to become entrepreneurs and build the blocks that built not just humanity, but built this particular country. United States was on the entrepreneurial and capitalist experience because that employs people, that unites people, that unites people. Now in today's world, there's no such thing as us and them. There's no third world country. There's just us. It's the globe. And really C-19 really brought that to the, the forefront, whether we like it or not, because we were all in a common united of, hey, this thing, for whatever it is, has shut the world down. So now we have a chance to really talk and hold on. Look how we're even doing interviews now. I mean, I'm an old radio guy. We had to do it in the studio. We didn't do it sitting, yeah. you know, in your home studio. This is great. What are you talking about? This is awesome. And so for me, that spirit, that fire, that passion, that purpose, that mission, that vision is already there in on our young people and even our young adults in the young 20s and early 30s. But it is so busy trying to fit a square peg into a round hole that that's got to stop. And it starts with what we call thematics. What is the theme? The theme is it's going to be fun because everybody wants to go on an adventure. I don't give a crap who you are. That's why we all love Indiana Jones. That's why we love Star Wars. That's why we love Lord of the Rings because they're adventures, they're massive epic adventures. Why isn't life an adventure? Because we all know it has an end point. Whether you like it or not, it has the, everyone has the same end point. I don't give a crap who you are. It's the same thing. Six feet under, broken dead, the way it is. The question is, did you really live? And that's really becomes the impetus for what we do. And then we work our way through it in a fun way to make it uh, actually applicable. You know, it's not just fantasy land. You're playing a game. You're playing yeah. your game. That makes sense. There you Definitely. go. Definitely. Well, you know, and I tell you right now, so I, I've spent an enormous amount of time in communist countries. Um, so I've been to Vietnam. I've also been to China. Mm-hmm. And I've and I've probably had four or five trips to Vietnam, and I've had at least a couple trips to China. And and the weird thing about it is, is that so these are communist countries, right? Right. People, people say they don't promote capitalism. They don't pr- promote entrepreneurialism and all this other stuff. Well, um, how do you, th- how do you think most of these people make a living in these countries? Because, because most of them are entrepreneurs in some form or fashion. If you, yeah. if you look, look at all the food vendors on, on all the streets. If you ever go to Hong Kong, my gosh, it's crazy. Oh, all the, everywhere. all the food vendors. Um, right? If you go to yeah, if you go to Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon, whichever one you want to call it, right? There mm-hmm. is there is there is a there's a cafe. There's three cafes per block on one side. You go to the yeah. other side. There's another three. Okay, it, it's crazy. It's the thing is, is that what people don't understand is, is that it doesn't matter what the government is doing. There is entrepreneurship. Everywhere in everywhere. the United, everywhere in the world. Here's world. the thing about it is, is that I've been, I've been to Senegal, Africa, Dakar, street vendors. The thing is, is that, and these folks, and these folks feed the masses of people out there. And, and people just don't understand that entrepreneurship and capitalism is embedded in all these different places and the government they they can't do anything about it. They can they can go in. So here's the thing about it is, is that so every now and again in Vietnam the government comes in and they shut down 
all the food vendors, okay, mm-hmm. for one week. You know what happens? After a week, they all pop right back. They all pop right back up where they right. were before. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. And what happened is they got fined. So the government said, okay, we're just going to come in and tax these folks. Exactly. And so they go in and they fine them all. They shut them down for one week and they all come back. And okay. I've I seen it happen. And, and the thing is, is that entrepreneurship is a worldwide, is a worldwide phenomena that is in every country. And, and I hate it when people say, oh, well, what about the communist countries? Oh, it is rampant there. I mean, that, the thing is, is that, I mean, it's, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it's socialist culture. It's rampant. It's everywhere. And so the thing is, is that I hate people that come in and they have these, this closed mind, narrow view that entrepreneurship and capitalism is a bad thing. If it wasn't right. for these two things, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have a United States. We, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have a world. You wouldn't have anything. Yeah. I mean, you can see evidence of entrepreneurism in Pompeii. I've, having been there myself, you can see it. But those were the first bank, one of the first banks in the world was in Pompeii, the city of. Yeah. So entrepreneurialism is just, hey, I'm following my dream. And one who follows yeah. evolves in love of the process of going from founder funding to fortune. But that process is an adventure in and of itself. That's the point. And so when you look at that, of course, it's going to have people do it because they've got visions. They've got dreams. We all do. You do. I do. Our kids do. But to say that, no, it's got to fit in this box, to me, it makes no sense. It is a form of emotional slavery. It just puts us into this thought process. And our, our parents were the most, you know, one of the deeper, you know, processes that at the 40, 40 plan, as everybody knows, 40 years and, you know, 40 hours yeah. a week. And then you get your two week vacation and you retire. My father was one of them. Didn't help a damn bit. Right. He, he passed away in 2020 by pancreatic cancer. Boom. 30 days gone. Wow. Just like that. Okay, great. So he worked his whole life for what? There's no legacy. There's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. No, and nothing. You, if you didn't know my father, you would never know he was on the planet. Now, I think that on a global scale, do I think that every single person is going to be an Elon Musk or an Einstein? No, but you have at least the shot. You have the choice to go for it. If you choose to not do it and you quit on yourself, that's a different story, son. But to not to not even give them the chance is what frustrates me. And I agree with you. And thank you for bringing that up. Where people get very confused between political ideology and economics. Yes. Yep. Do they have, are they symbiotic? Yes. Do they have crossover? Yes. But you're right. Having been to some of those countries myself, they're everywhere. In fact, I will tell you entrepreneurialism is sometimes more alive outside the United States than it is inside the United States. We make it extraordinarily difficult for people to become successful. And then you're right. Look at those food trucks. People go, oh, that's just a food truck. Yeah, those food trucks make a lot of money and they feed yep. people better than some of this processed food crap that we keep stuffing our bodies with and wondering why we have health problems. Duh. I said, if you look at that, street vending has been around since, I don't know, man. <laughs> yep. Man. It's efficiency yeah. of time versus movement. I'm, I'm willing to pay two bucks for a street taco that I can watch you make right there versus going to some other place that I know that it's been processed or and it's going to cost me six times because you have all, the, all this real estate and you have employees and you have workman's comp and all these other things. The food truck's running right there. Great. Works for me. Save the construction industry. Tons of time, right? As an example. I love that you said that. And I applaud you for saying this, Surfer. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting about people's preconceived notions of what entrepreneurial entrepreneurship is 
and what capitalism is and how they mm-hmm. and how they associate it and put it inside of the political realm. When to be honest, right. it doesn't need to be there. It is it is a standalone piece. Because the totally. thing about it is is that you know, I mean, it, it's it's it has nothing nothing to do. I mean, so much so people ask me what what my politics is, and I and I, and I, I make a lot of people mad now, Travis, because I say capitalism. <laughs> they don't understand that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, well, y'all politicized capitalism, so uh, you know, I mean, yep. I mean, and you know, and so the thing is, is that so that's my that's my political view. Nowadays, and yeah. boy, that rips some people the wrong way. They're just like, so you don't go with a party? No, I don't go with a party. I go with I go with capitalism because capitalism is what makes this country. And last I checked, work, work. Are, are, aren't both parties tied to capitalism, regardless of their ideology? Both parties have capitalistic views. Oh, they both are. And the thing no. is, is that it, 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 it doesn't <laughs> matter. So the thing right. is, is that you know, it's it's just. I think the big thing is, Travis, is that people are un- uneducated about what capitalism is. And the thing right. is, is that, you know, the, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm going I'm to go back to my daughter real quick about this. Yeah. So I plan on sending her to a community college okay. um, and, and, and getting a few basic things. Like I wanted to take, I want to take some accounting classes, right? I wanted to understand numbers and have some things. I wanted to understand a few basic business ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and if she wants to go into a university, that's fine. But if she doesn't, I'm going to pull her into my businesses and yeah. I'm going to show her how to do these things. Yeah. And, and she'll know more than anybody with a doctorate degree coming out w- with an right. MBA or, or a doctorate degree or anything like that in business. <clears throat> and, and the reason why is, is because you need functioning knowledge of what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And you have Agreed. to have the basic building blocks of things. Building blocks. Well said. It's funny you should mention that. I, I think I'd love to have your daughter download the app. Again, it's free. Knock yourself out. right? And it's going to take you on the adventure of a lifetime. But the first thing you do is you learn how to build yourself ready to play the game. Then you claim your throne, then you build your castle and it's about building your tower first. And then you start mm-hmm. building connecting walls because that's how you do it. But I also agree with you too. She will be because that's where, that's where it lives. Right. And that, that's the problem when we got, when we've swapped our education system for test taking for tax dollars is when we screwed up. Right. And we did that well several decades ago, but we, we got into this whole taxation thing and we always talk and both parties, all of us, we all talk about education should be on our thing and it never happens. It's total BS, man. I mean, for example, you know, in my home state, which is Nevada, you know, I think we're 46 out of 52 and yet we're supposed to be funded by all the casinos. That's why we don't have personal state tax yet. How has our education system almost DFL dead freaking last? And yet we're supposed to be hyper-funded. Now that isn't a funding issue and that sure as hell isn't a teacher issue. It's an application issue. Meaning, what are we That's actually right. applying? Right? That, it's, it's again, the teachers want to teach. Let, let, damn it, let them teach, but let them be fun because the tests don't mean squat. That doesn't mean anything. It just means you have performance anxiety or you're regurgitating the information that's presented before you. But that has nothing to do with stimulating like you talk about with your daughter. Put your daughter in that company for two months. 
how to run accounting, what your marketing is, how do you get your corporate structure set up, what do you do with employee retention and employee um, uh, ejection, how do I deal with my customer service base, what's my branding, what's my messaging. And that's where people get overwhelmed because they never learned it. And I'm like, and that's what the app does, but it does it in a game. So much so to your point, we've done the same thing. We've actually designed a board game through our 501c3 foundation, and it was designed by kids. For kids. Yeah. So we brought, oh, yeah. we brought, I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I act like a kid. I mean, I'm a big dork and goofball. I've already said that and I am. I'm, I'm a big hoot. You should see our board meetings. They're laughable. They're, uh, they're nothing like a board meeting should be. And I'm like, well, who said a board meeting should be stiff? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't want a board meeting. Yeah. I want it fun. But we had kids design the board game so that the kids were actually going through the consequences. They, there was 125 different entrepreneurial consequences that happen, happen inside the board game, but they're playing. And now they're learning. They're not just because, again, yes. one of the things I think that I was guilty of, and even my boys were, but me in particular, you know, I'm great. I got these degrees behind my name, and that's awesome. I get great dinner reservations and sounds really cool at cocktail parties. But at the end of the day, I was educationally intelligent and life stupid. And I yep. think that's the fundamental challenge here. Mm-hmm. I was brilliant, great. I'm a, I got photographic memory. I can do all this other crap. And I got all these letters after my name. Hell, I got more letters after my name than doing my own damn name. But I still didn't know how to negotiate a lease. I didn't know how to really buy a car and understanding the financing and what I was amortizing and what does compound interest really mean. So to your point of accounting, it was one of the classes that actually taught me that. But I had to go pick it out on my own and go, I need to understand what this means, because I know what two plus two means, but I don't understand what this compounding effect actually means or, hey, how much am I amortizing? What's my interest rate and why would I do that? Is it better to go ahead and just wait and purchase it outright or do I need to finance this debt and understand why I'm doing it? How do I leverage capital? And we always talk about OPM, other people's money, but we have no idea what to do with it because we've never been taught. Right. And that, that makes no sense to me. And it stifles these great creativity. I love the time that we're in uh, uh, as far as where the the opportunities on the internet where people say, well, I, you know, I don't know where to start Travis. I'm like, download the app. It's free. Don't tell me if you can't invest free in yourself, then damn it, you're an employee. And even then we designed the app for employees as well. So you have no excuses. It's yeah. about playing this game to improve your life and level up and we'll show you exactly how to do it. And it's done so subtly. You don't even realize it. It kicks out all these things and business plans and things that happen automatically, but you didn't realize you were doing it. And if you don't realize you're doing it now, we're back to fun again. Cause the best part you had in school was recess. Recess and after school when you played athletics. That's when you yeah. did it. That's when you did it. Well, <clears throat> and the thing about it is, is that, you know, we invest so much of our time in things that waste our times. I'm telling you right now, these things right so here, true. these things right here oh. are the devil, folks. I'm telling you right now, I, 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 what I did is I held up my cell phone. And the thing is, is that the only thing they are is a distractor in your life that will that will make you unproductive in things. You know, and guess why we're doing it? Let's interrupt that point. Why are you doing it? Why are people doing it, John? Because it's more fun than the crap they're doing. Crap doing. Simple, that's right. Simple. It, your life looks more fun than mine. So I'm going to watch you on, on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the hell they're watching you on. Or I'm going to go play one of these games that is just a mindless, numb, numbing mind game because it's at least fun. Well, what if you put those two together? That's what we're, that's what we're going after. So th- once again, thank you. for. It's almost like you were reading a script. Thank you, man. I appreciate that because that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. I'm like, have fun with this, man, but learn while you're having fun. Well, and, and, and the thing about it is, is that in everything that we do, I mean, here, here's the thing about it is, is that if I don't know how to do something on the app or something, I can YouTube 
Somebody's going to show me how to do that for free, for free, All day. folks. All day. <clears throat> you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, I I pick hobbies that I'm interested in that that I consider fun. Here, Here's the thing about it is, so I'm starting this brand new company right now called Expansion Code. And basically okay. what, it, what it boils down to is this. I want to take franchise owners that, that's, been, that's been doing this stuff for a while, okay? So they've been in the business for a while, but they're kind of stuck in their stuck in their business, right? Behind the counters, waiting on customers. And what I want to do is I want to teach them how to get out of that and for them to expand into multiple locations. Because when okay. you expand into multiple locations and franchises, what happens? You get your time back because, because I had to develop systems and procedures mm-hmm. and frameworks in order to be able to replicate Everything I do in one location, so it's so so it's, so it's repeatable. Yeah, and so people and don't repeat. know how to do. Yeah, and people don't know how to do that. And the thing is, is that and people and if you look at franchises, we talked a little bit about franchises. But if you look at franchise owners, they're scared to death to do this. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. The weird thing is that I was talking about the uh, telling you about UPS stores, and within the UPS store world. Um, Corporate UPS doesn't know to know what to do with someone like me because they don't understand because their model is we want franchisees to have one, two, three, maybe four locations, but no more than that because they're afraid is that what happens if they close four locations in one fell swoop? Ah, well, and so, and so they are, so they are living. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing about it is, is that, um, but the but they're scared though. They're yep. they're, they're living in a place of fear. They are yep. scared to death that I am going to close ten locations in one fell swoop, and I'm not going to because because it, it has happened. But the thing about it is, is that but you have more successful uh, UPS store owners, and would it be better to to sell another franchise? Let me open up a brand new location or buy another location from an existing loaner because I'm already successful at doing it and I know what I'm doing. Right. Again, but in, the, again, thematics, right? So if your whole if the whole thematic at corporate is fear, you're absolutely right. You're you're swimming upstream, beating your head against a wall, expecting to become a door. I'm like, but that's yeah. not capitalism. That don't make sense. But it's but instead, they should be interviewing us yep. because I'm a one percenter in the UPS store world because I own ten or more locations. Um, I am a uh, I am a uh, oh. hey Marco. Uh, I need to finish up this interview real quick. Can, can you come back on in about five? Thanks. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, okay, we got a third party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this has happened. But this has happened before because we're going to finish up here in just a minute, Travis. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but uh, but but the thing is, is that but instead of like I was saying, but instead of um of of them being afraid of people like me, they should be embracing us, right. interviewing us, looking at the systems and procedures that we do, how to figure this stuff out, so they can help other franchises do the same thing. Which and then if they want to see, yeah, right. And then if they if they want to see my tax returns every year, if they if they need more financial stuff to be looking at in in my stores, I'll be glad to provide that with them. 
Sure. But just give me another, just let me open up another location. Because the right. thing about it is, is that whenever I had multiple locations, then it freed up all my time. Yeah. Because now the so, systems and, all work. You can scale. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because here's the thing, but this is that I have one girl that's over all 10 locations. I've got a manager in each location and she manages 10 people. And then yeah. the managers manage everybody in the location. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a brilliant little system. It's yeah. not hard. It's simplistic. But the thing about it is though, is that people don't understand it because the thing but is, is that if I buy 10 more locations, I got to have another Rachel. I got to have another girl or another guy that manages 10 locations. So for me, I know the model. I've got Legos now. So it's kind of exactly crazy. building blocks. That's how you build a castle, leave a legacy. Very simple. I mean, and what I'd like, you know, and, and, and you know, I'd like you to come on our podcast, The Ultimate Business Quest, and talk about that because people are scared to death of franchises. They're like, well, I'm, I, that basically just, I'm stuck. I'm like, no, you're not. If it's done right, you know, and you, like you yeah. just eloquently I said, mean, you, you can do very well for yourself. You just need the systems in place. And there's a perfect guy, guys, right there to talk to. You. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'd love to come on your podcast. Uh, sure. Did you just have your assistant send me an email? We'll get it set up and I'll get come Thank on you. your podcast. No. Done. Yeah. I, I want to learn. That'd be great. I want to learn about it from you. <laughs> so, anyhow, so real quick, Travis, because you, because okay. I, because I already had uh, Marco coming on. Uh, real quick, tell my folks how to get, how to get connected with you. Is it through the app or do, or is it another way that you want them to connect with you today? Yeah, there's multiples. The simple is download the app. Go to, you can go to ultimatebusinessquest.com and you can download Apple and Android. We have an e-rating for everyone so everybody can play the app. It is absolutely free. Jump in and go. It is an absolute adventure. The next update is coming out on my birthday, by the way, so get in now. Uh, you can also join me on social media. I'm on every platform at TravisFox360. The Travis Fox 360, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all the same. And again, my entire team, we're out there every single day. And you can always check us out on YouTube over at the, uh, the Ultimate Business Quest, constantly talking about things that are going on in the app. But down the app, start your quest today. Perfect. So, uh, so I'll tell you what I'll do, man. I will put yes, all your links into the notes of this podcast. And then I'll yes. also put the links onto my YouTube channel when, when I take a snippet of this video, man. So, man, so cool. everybody be able to be able to, uh, Thanks, man. to get it to, connect with you as much as they can well travis cool. thank you so much for being on man i know you got marco coming thank you brother yeah all right man and uh listen i will i will talk to you guys i will talk to you soon and for my thank listeners you. thank you guys for listening and we will see you on the next one thank you so much for joining me today and listening to this episode hopefully what i shared with you will help you in your business journey as we share to help others expand their minds businesses and profits this episode did help you be sure to share it with someone else that you know that it will help we can only achieve our mission if we share it with others and always give first i hope i can also help you even further by sharing my resources it is a page that contains all the digital assets we use to expand our business and to help us free up time the great thing about this page is completely free just go to resources.expansioncode.com to get your free access Thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic day, my friends.